Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show, as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can also save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support Rebel News without spending a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, the number one story in the world right now continues to be the U.S. election, and what should have been a done deal on Tuesday is turning into the never-ending story rife with allegations of corruption and fraud. Ezra Levent will weigh in with his thoughts. And have you ever wondered where exactly those illegal aliens go once they sneak into Quebec from New York at that notorious Roxham Road border crossing? Well, Kian Bexty has the goods. It's quite the scoop, and it's not something you'd ever see reported in the mainstream media. So there was a protest outside the French consulate in Toronto last Saturday. Oh, the protesters were not against those thugs in France who slaughtered innocent people due to the publication of the Prophet Muhammad cartoons. No, these people were actually angry about the caricatures, not the homicides, and they were advocating for a boycott of France and limits to free speech. Sad, yet so disturbing. Those are your Rebels, now let's round them up. What made it extra interesting was that Trump was doing well with minority voters, not just Latinos. Trump's support amongst black men and women, Latino men and women, gay men and women rose dramatically. It was the highest support from minorities for a Republican since the 1960s. Would that help him in places like Philadelphia or Detroit? Maybe. Trump was actually leading until they just stopped counting votes. Hang on, hang on. It's, it's election night and you're, and you're tired because it's late? You didn't know maybe it was going to be election night? You didn't have four years to plan? You, you need your beauty sleep? You need, to, you need to go home now? And you're just, you're just shutting down and going home? They did because these are Democratic governors who count the votes for the national presidential debate. So it was shut down. It was frozen. Trump was in the lead everywhere. But Biden... At a press conference, he spoke first. He said he was on the track to win. I'm here to tell you tonight 
We believe we're on track to win this election. Well, for those hoping to have closure on Tuesday night as to who'd be residing in the White House come January, those hopes were dashed when it became abundantly clear that neither President Donald Trump nor challenger Joe Biden would be declared the winner thanks to so much uncertainty that still lingers in several key swing states. And without further ado, I'm joined now by the Commander-in-Chief of Rebel News, Ezra Levent. Ezra, once again, we are in uncharted waters. First of all, can you give me your assessment of what we just witnessed in the past 72 hours? Yeah, we're, we're watching in slow motion how the Democrat party machines in Democrat-dominated cities are rigging the vote. There's just no other way to, to look at it. For example, there was one tranche of uh, votes, 23,000 votes, and how many of those 23,000 votes were for Biden and how many for Trump? You would expect even in the most Democrat-leaning places in America, San Francisco, Manhattan, Washington, D.C., it would be maybe 90 to 10. Yeah. I mean, that would be the most extreme. But this was literally every single vote, 23,000 were for Biden and zero for Trump. That is not statistically possible. That's not plausible. The fact that these were found later, there were so many anomalies stopping the count, images of boxes being brought in, counters have uh, barring observers, kicking out observers, boarding up windows. Um, I even saw that there is a European-led group of foreign countries who were observing the elections, and they put out some statements saying, oh, look, fair to us. So I wrote to their press attache, and I just said, okay, can I just ask you, where were your people stationed? Hmm. And... And have you stopped? Because they sort of, on November 4th, the day after the election, they said they stopped. So they wrote back to me and said, well, they were stationed in all these places, not Pennsylvania, not Georgia, not the key places. And I said, well, have you stopped? Yes, we all stopped yesterday, but we're trying to get into Philadelphia, but no luck yet. So the international observers weren't, they, did, they weren't where they, um, the controversies were, but when I asked them, Okay, now that you know there's a controversy, they said we have been refused entrance. So now these were a bunch of... Even though they have a court order in some cases, right? Yeah, well, the court order is to allow Trump's scrutineers in. Okay. I'm talking about a foreign delegation. Gotcha. I mean, listen, I don't care about foreign delegations. But, they, but the fact that a foreign delegation of mainly democracies, comes to inspect the American election. It's about a chutzpah to begin with. And they were really anti-Trump activists. They're all leftists who hate Trump. And they were saying, oh, Trump was so mean. But when I asked them, are you there in Philadelphia counting the vote? They said, no. They wrote back to me and said, no, we have not been allowed in. You know, it's astonishing to me, Ezra, and it's heartbreaking. I mean, there's so much anecdotal evidence, and actually more than anecdotal evidence, that a lot of this is really fishy and if when you if you if this is indeed a process in which the democrats are using fraud and corruption to steal an election this is a scandal that makes watergate look like a little white lie the media should be all over this should be investigating it. instead what i see from most of the mainstream media is urging trump concede already will you concede yeah i mean the media that for four years ran with wisps of rumors and gossip about Russia collusion. Here they have actual video evidence, and forget video evidence, just Trump scrutineers kicked out, vote counting stopping, 
uh, hundreds of thousands of ballots being discovered in the dead of night. Um, and these are in, you know, I saw a tweet uh, today by the governor of Texas. Texas is the second largest state, uh, going from memory, has about 20, 25 million people. It's enormous. It's, it's almost as big as Canada, right. population-wise. Um, and he said, we have millions of votes, two time zones. We count it all the day of. There, why can Texas count, Texas, the second largest state, two time zones? Like, it's a big state. Count everything, no problem, in one night. But you would think that Philadelphia, which is an urban, dense city, so it's not like Texas is huge geographically. What's the problem? Go to the voting booth and count it up. Yeah. Well, because that's the old Tammany Hall-style yeah. Democrat machinery where it's, of course, it's corrupt. And this is not a new thing. Corruption in politics is as old as politics itself. And, you know, in the, in the uh, 19th century, Tammany Hall, the... Democrat machine in New York was famous for corruption. And when the elections changed, the police changed. You know, every government job went to this party. And it it was just so, so corrupt. And that's a tradition. That's a Chicago way. That's Now, Chicago was never in contention, so they didn't really bother rigging the votes there. Um, I think that it absolutely has been stolen. The media uh, is trying to appoint itself as the arbiter instead of letting the courts... But actually, you know what? The U.S. Constitution is very curious. It grants to the states the power, the ability to choose almost in their own way. Now, you can't be corrupt, but theoretically, if you had a Republican state, Mm -hmm. their legislature could cast the vote in any way they wanted. Mm. So this could end in very strange ways. What what I'm so worried about, I mean, and what I mean by that is theoretically this could be voted on by individual state legislatures. Theoretically, it could go to, if there was a tie vote, for example, it could go to a vote on the floor of the Congress and each state would be equal. And since the Republicans have more states, it would go Republican. There's so many weird ways this is going to go. If there's no clear winner, I don't want to pose as an expert in American presidential electoral law. I'm not. But put aside that, what worries me and what makes me sad is not that my favorite candidate lost. Yes. My candidates lose most of the time. (laughs) I'm a hopeless romantic for conservatives. (laughs) It's that we can see that it's being stolen. I don't think conservatives mind losing. That's part of the rule of law. That's part of being a conservative. You accept the rules in advance. If everyone plays by the rules, you accept the loss. Democrats have said from the outset they don't play that way. They never got over losing to Trump in 2016. They undermined him from within with a deep state, that whole Mueller business. They've said that if they can, they're going to pack the courts, change whatever rules they can. So they, they're the kind of people who flip the game board if they lose. So Republicans can handle a loss. Even Trump supporters can handle a loss, but not if it's stolen. And I think the fact that all the institutions of the state... Um, the media, the law professors, pop culture. I see late night TV shows. Jimmy Kimmel saying he he um, overestimated the intelligence of the American oh. people. I mean, just the worst. And I think what's going to happen is the 70 million people who voted for Trump are not going to believe in America as much anymore because America is a promise of fair play and rules and democracy in the freest country in the world. And I'm really worried that this is going to damage the whole country. And I'm reminded that in 1960, when the Democrats stole that, it's universally accepted that the Democrats stole it in Chicago and particularly for John F. Kennedy. And 
you know, that's that old Democrat way. Richard Nixon knew that. There was proof of it. But he decided that he wouldn't try and overturn the election for the good of America. He didn't want to cast doubt on a presidential election. Like, he knew he was wronged. He said, you know what, I'm going to run in eight years. And he, and he did, and he became president. He chose to put America over party. Yeah. That's not even known anymore in, in the Democrats. Trump is going to fight like hell, which is what people like him for. Yeah. I think he's going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think 70 million Americans are, are going to feel like they were wronged. And it's going to be a kind of a separation in America. I don't know how it's going to end. It's terrible. The real winner on Tuesday night was China. Yeah. yeah. America's geopolitical rival. Their diplomats are tweeting today how delighted they are with Biden. Oh, stories about Biden are very popular on the internet. Oh, I'm sure we'll find someone less odious than Mike Pompeo. Like they're, they're saying this out loud. China won. Yeah. Iran is saying they won. When China and Iran are cheering for a, a U.S. presidential candidate who won it through rigging it, why were there no huge Joe Biden rallies? Yeah. We saw huge Trump. Why were they? Because yeah. they didn't need to. Because yeah. they, they would just photocopy as many votes as they needed. Why bother having a rally? That's hard work. Well, you know, Ezra, I mean, Jane Fonda said infamously, I think, uh, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, that uh, the COVID-19 was actually a gift from God to the left. And secondly, I want to talk about the hypocrisy, the double standard, uh, this idea that Trump should concede and leave. We had on August the 25th, Hillary Clinton said, and I quote, Joe Biden should not concede under any Mm -hmm. circumstances should the election not go the Democrats' way. This was meticulously planned out. It's the lawyers. They they changed the rules. They broke the rules. They pushed the rules. Most trial lawyers are Democrats. um, And they said, well, we can't win on the ground. We can't win on the rallies. Joe Biden is barely compass mentis. Um, Let's just trot him out for five minutes a day and then put him back into the oxygen chamber. Um, But but we don't need... We'll just have mail-in votes. We'll have... I mean... There's a website you can go and find uh, who voted in Michigan. You match it up with their death records. Thousands of dead people voted for uh, the Democrats. And that is, the thing is, if Trump would have won so convincingly in other states, but everyone knew it was going to be close. So they focused on the corrupt states where the Democrats controlled. I mean, and the fact that the Democrats control Philadelphia um, and... Atlanta and places in in Nevada that's all they need I don't I find it depressing yeah it's not over yet yep. remember that Al Gore fought until December yeah um, with the media's total it's support 37 days yeah um, I I don't know what's gonna happen I don't I mean this will it go to the Supreme Court will they want to weigh in I talked to Joel Pollack the other day he said it's better for for elected people to solve this rather than appointed judges. And maybe it'll go to either the Congress or the local states. I don't know. I just don't know enough about constitutional ins and outs. But I know that the worst part of it, the most obvious part, is the incredible censorship on social media. Simply for showing videotape of these election irregularities. Twitter will censor, ban. I mean, if you scroll down the president's Twitter feed, literally half of his statements are being censored 
by Twitter. There yeah. used to be a time when politicians censored the media. Sure. Now media tycoons are censoring the politicians, including the President of the United States. It is, as they say in the UK, a stitch up. Stitch up. Good, good line. Um, Ezra, moving forward, regardless of who is in the White House come January, and I hope your prediction does not come to fruition. I, I, I'm clinging to hope here. Moving forward, can we, is it too much to ask that the greatest democracy in the world, or I should say the greatest republic in the world, has a, um, a valid and secure voting system? I mean, America is home to some of the best tech companies. The idea with you know, increasing regularity that we're always running into a, a fiasco like this of uh, fraud, uh, th these mail-in ballots, for example, mm -hmm. Donald Trump warned back in April, the idea of putting out tens of millions of mail-in, this was gonna be a breeding ground for fraud. Is there anything that can be done so that we have a fair and square game moving forward in future elections? Well, yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, Texas managed to do it. Here in Canada, we largely vote in person yep. on a paper ballot. Um, tech is the opposite of the answer because the tech companies are not only untrustworthy, as they've shown, mm -hmm. but talk about hackable by the People's Liberation Army. Um, the, the point is that those are features, not bugs in the system. The Democrats want to make elections more corruptible. They want illegal aliens to vote. They want to, uh, people who are not motivated to vote. They would love it if some Democrat activist could just go door to door on like an iPad and vote with people right then and there um, so you don't have to get people out to the polls so you can twist their arm. Like anything that deviates from the go to the polling station and mark an X, anything that waters down identity requirements, show up requirements, yeah. security requirements, you, you're asking it as if Americans don't know that these are problems. Americans know their problems. Democrats want those problems for precisely the reasons we just showed. The reason they stopped counting on election night is because they wanted to figure out how many votes they needed to fix. And um, they'll just keep finding new votes until they win. And um, I don't know if the courts will stop it. We've seen uh, some very partisan judges out there. I think that this is a truly terrible result I would have been much happier with a, a Biden wave, mm. like a blue wave that would wash over America. And then, because at least you could say, okay, that America wants that. Yeah. This is so obviously a steal. Yeah. And that's so painful to watch. And to watch the collusion of the media, the cover up by the media, the censorship by the media, all I can say is America is being pulled apart. Wow, so sad, Ezra. Thank you again for weighing in with your expertise. And folks, there you have it. I mean, Donald Trump, for four years, he has endured fake news, fake scandals, most recently fake polls, and now it looks like potentially fake pallets of ballots in order for the Democrats to steal this election. Just an absolute disgrace. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. So we left Roxham Road and we followed a trail of breadcrumbs left to us by a local resident saying that if you follow this road, turn right here, turn left here, you'll get to where the government is housing the illegal aliens. Today we weren't able to see any of them crossing. We know they are, but we did find exactly where the government is housing them and all the stops that they're put, pulling out to make sure they feel nice, warm and cozy in this Quebec autumn. 
Oh, yeah, sorry, I don't speak French. No biking here, sir. No parking? Nope. Isn't this uh hotel is closed? Oh is I thought it was just that hotel that was closed. I thought that hotel was closed. Yeah, is this one open? Oh is this yeah. not a hotel? Just a restaurant. Okay. Uh, can we can we eat? Take out. Just okay. a takeout. Perfect. Is that the restaurant? What? Sorry? We're just no. gonna go grab some food. No. Don't make food here. Sorry? Please. You said that the restaurant no. was open. No. It's not. You just said the restaurant was Nothing. open. We're just going to go grab some food. No. They like no picture here. Are those, uh, oh, they just closed. Did you get that? So what, what's happening here is we showed up on location to see what was going on at this site that was being used by the federal government to house illegal aliens. And what we found was not only a bunch of really strange shipping containers, the entire hotel, it says you can't book anything there. They closed it down. We arrived here on location, and the first thing we were greeted with was this individual saying we weren't allowed to park here. When I said we just wanted food at the restaurant over there, he said, okay. I got my mic out, and he knew exactly what was going on. We were here to figure out why this hotel is closed down, if they were housing illegal aliens, because we know that they are still crossing the border, and he's not being very forthcoming with us. Could you tell us, are there any illegal aliens here right now? Please, sir, outside the car. Well, folks, your tax dollars hard at work yet again, because when you cross the border into Canada as an illegal alien, not only do the RCMP officers transform themselves into bellhops, but the illegals get put up in a hotel and they get three squares a day. Uh, who's the jerk who coined the phrase, crime does not pay? And joining me now to weigh in on this superb piece of investigative journalism is Kian Bexty. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, my friend. Hi, David. So, Kian, you and our ace shooter, Mocha, you really delivered a blockbuster with that report, but tell us, what was your initial reaction when you discovered the encampment where those who enter Canada illegally are being housed? Because certainly, the mainstream media, they're not going to be delivering these goods. No, yeah. Uh, it, the reaction was sort of played over about two hours. Uh, it took a long time to s figure out for sure what I was looking at was indeed the facilities that we have were, were sort of rumored to have existed uh, because nobody was being very forthcoming with that. Once we found uh, a bunch of evidence like the, the bus that we had seen uh, before as well as spoken to one of the one of the on-ground employees uh, who sort of let it slip, uh, then then it was it was more you know, shock that that the government was spending this much money. I didn't. It, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to believe that there they needed that many units of space for the amount of people coming through. And you know, I don't get it, Kina. I thought we're under all kinds of travel restrictions, uh, thanks to the Wuhan virus. Yet it seems to be, for the most part, business as usual at Roxham Road. Yeah, uh, it absolutely is. Uh, the the illegals have been a little bit more. I mean, they're all they're all in, coming in self interest, right? Like they're not coming to make Canada a better place. They're coming because they want, you know, they're, they 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 want to they want to they're self interested, and the the risk of traveling, uh, being at airports, is higher uh, during the global pandemic. So they've decided that it's safer to stay wherever they are. 
Uh, and what do you know? Uh, it's almost like they're not actually refugees with any like impending sense of need to come to Canada. But some have decided that the risk is worth it uh, and continue to break the law and cross the border at a place where it's illegal to cross. And the RCMP are still facilitating it. And Ken, let's talk about the big picture here for a second, my friend. I mean, if the federal government wanted to, they could end this problem. Uh, it's just a matter of political will. But the way I look at it, it's kind of like what you see in the United States with the Democrat Party, the idea that they're against walls, the idea that they want to defang ICE, et cetera, et cetera, have more and more illegals come into the country with the end goal being always remember every four years who, uh, who, who the party that uh, created the circumstances to bring you in here in the first place. So what I'm getting at, is this a matter of the Justin Trudeau liberal literally changing the demographics of Canada to uh, cater to people that don't want to abide by the rules, don't want to legally immigrate, but just flood in over the border. And uh, like I said, every four years, just remember when you go into the ballot box, put your check mark against Team Red. Yeah, David, um, you're not supposed to talk about this, but <laughs> why do you think Texas was supposedly going to be in play this year? Yeah, where where is it located? Um, it's it's changing demographics, and it's in some cases the illegal changing of those demographics. In the United States, they talk about this a lot more, and there's a lot more passionate people on both sides of this debate. And on, in Canada, for some reason. This isn't something that conservatives galvanize around, but it's equally as important to us because it is far easier in Canada to manipulate the electorate than it is in the United States. And in the United States, it's a massive problem. But in Canada, we just don't care about it. Uh, it, it is a huge problem. The amount it's, of people coming to Roxanne Road and, frankly, it could be other other places, um, is, is a huge problem. And we should be paying attention attention to it. And the reason why Canadians aren't is because there's no mainstream media outlets, outlets with real massive and deep uh, reach into people's minds um, aren't, aren't exposing. You know, this. You're, you're right, Ken. It is a huge problem and it's a hell of a story. And what you just said about the mainstream media uh, basically self-censoring uh, itself from covering this story, why do you think that is? Is it just that they're less, you know, observers uh, and reporting the news objectively and more kind of being on the government side of delivering a pro-government narrative? It's, they're, on the, they're on the payroll. Yeah. They're, Justin Trudeau, why would, why this, I, I say this all the time, Justin Trudeau is going to stay in power as long as he wants because he's done two critical things. Kneecap the mainstream media and put a leash and collar on them and he's also changing the demographics and electorate of Canada. Uh, those, those two things combined um, create this positive feedback loop with each other, uh, which makes sure that Justin Trudeau can hold on to the reins of power indefinitely. Because as long as you control the electorate and as long as you control what people hear, uh, there's nobody that can challenge you. Yeah, and he's approached the, that narrative, uh, Kian, by the carrot uh, proposition, i.e. giving uh, hundreds of millions, in the case of the CBC, yeah. over a billion point five 
uh, to curry favor. And my fear is going forward in the year ahead, uh, we have all this chatter about the Trudeau liberals, um, it, like uh, looking at the internet, um, mandating and regulating the internet. And I think clearly this is the stick part of the uh, quotient. If people like us, let's be honest, aren't accepting the carrot, well then we go after you with the stick and we come up with some cockamamie, ludicrous idea uh, to get you deplatformed. What are your thoughts on that, my friend? Yeah, and the Heritage Minister, uh, Stephen Gilboat, has been uh, talking all the time about wanting to censor us. And it's only a matter of time before the NDP uses what little power they have in the House of Commons to, they've been doing this over the past few months, is, is saying, oh, we want this, and we want this. They have a few demands that they really want to get through uh, this, this parliament. And it's only a matter of time before the NDP say, you know what? We're tired of dissent on the right. Uh, let's let's uh, muzzle those guys. And Justin Trudeau will have been waiting. You know, this is something that he's been waiting to do himself, and he'll be happy to do it. So I'm, I'm majorly concerned that uh, not not just Rebel News, but other outlets on the right, like True North and uh, even the Post Millennial, will not be able to make it through another term of Justin Trudeau's prime minister uh, prime ministry. Yeah, I, I, I fear you might be right about that, uh, Kian. Well, we have to wrap it here. And by the way, you're not going out on a limb as far as where the NDP uh, lays. The We saw last year when we went to the um, uh, election debates how uh, NDP leader Jagmeet Singh wouldn't even answer your questions simply because mm -hmm. of uh, which media outlet you were coming from, which was disgraceful, I think. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely a joke of a leader who's just milking his time in the limelight. The only reason anyone, anybody cares what he says is his, uh, you know, his ability to prop up Justin Trudeau. Once that, uh, once that authority, once that, you know, power, those seats aren't propping up Justin Trudeau's government anymore, and Justin Trudeau steamrolls him because Jagmeet Singh has never been an important individual yeah. and still is. Uh, the the media will forget about him because Justin Trudeau is the only person they're interested in. Indeed. Well, uh, Kian, an incredible report by you and Mocha. Thank you so much, and we will talk again in the future. In the meantime, have a good weekend. You too, David. Okay. And that was Kian Bexty in Calgary. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. by definition cannot be free speech. Free speech, the essence of it is that everyone has a right to say what they believe as long as it doesn't disrespect anyone else's existence. And that's what exactly what mockery is. What the French have done, for example, has actually disrespected our beliefs and our existence. And therefore, I don't think it can even be categorized as free speech. Free speech can only be free speech as long as it respects other people. If anyone is doing a mockery of uh, a religion, of a prophet, do they deserve to pay the ultimate price? Do they deserve to die because of that? That is a great question, and that actually brings up another concept of uh, death penalty, and I think that's a completely different question right now that you're asking. But at the moment, I think that we should focus on identifying as what they did was wrong, because a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, it's free speech, it's not mockery. I think right now what we need to do is get to the root of the problem. Mockery is not free speech. What would you suggest is a, an appropriate penalty for the mockery of a, of a religion or a prophet? I wouldn't like to comment on this at this time. 
So, sir, I'm just reading your sign here. Did the people that uh, circulated those caricatures of the Prophet Muhammad, did they deserve to die? Well, if you are uh, bringing me uh, on the air, I would say if somebody curse your mother, will you ask him that he deserved to live or um, you will shut his mouth? I'm wondering what should be the penalty for someone who um, does a caricature of the Prophet Muhammad? I say I just I just show the protest. That's it. Uh, all all Muslim community is badly, is deeply, is is uh, give a, the uh, the France government and the Fr French man is hurted my, our uh, our all Muslim community our heart. Right? I just telling them this. I not against for everyone, but I say, don't do this. You, you, do, you do not support free speech then, sir, is that what you're saying? Sorry? Do you support the concept of free speech? No. No. Well, that was quite the protest that took place last Saturday in Toronto outside the tower that houses the French consulate. The 500 or so demonstrators called for a boycott of France and a demand for something called responsible free speech a.k.a. censorious free speech, which, of course, isn't free speech at all. As for those French citizens who were killed last month over something as trite as a cartoon, there was no condemnation of the Islamist thugs responsible for that carnage. I have to say, as protests go, this one was so disturbing given that it wasn't taking place in some Islamic regime, but rather Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It was chilling, actually. In any event, here's what some of you had to say about a demonstration that was anti-Western values and pro-Sharia law. Permaculture Research Institute Ogenogen writes, in a Western democracy, criticism and discussion lead the way to progress. If you cannot defend your position, then let's move on and evolve. Disrespecting your beliefs is not illegal. Mockery is often a very direct way of communicating the truth. Truth is more important than your prophet being mocked, deservedly. Well said, my friend, and contrary to what that young female protester had to say, yes, mockery is indeed a form of free speech. Otherwise, <laughs> the creators behind everything from Monty Python's Flying Circus to Mad Magazine would be serving hard time right now. Jeff Johnson writes, I'm just waiting for Trudeau to say free speech equals Islamophobia. Well, actually, Jeff, he came pretty close to doing just that. Here's what Prime Minister Trudeau had to say last week. Quote, freedom of expression is not without limits. We owe it to ourselves to act with respect for others and to seek not to arbitrarily or unnecessarily injure those with whom we are sharing a society and a planet, end quote. So clearly, Justin Trudeau is anything but a free speech absolutist. So is it any wonder, folks, many of the protesters were holding photographs of Trudeau? The PM is on side with them, not France, and that nation's Western values. RG writes, disrespect someone, lose your head. Seems responsible. Indeed, RG, talk about a punishment that does not fit the crime as if there was a crime committed to begin with. 
Tom and Sue writes, Viva la France, pardon my freedom of speech. You are pardoned, my friend. In fact, their call to boycott French products had the opposite effect on me. After the protest, I went out and bought a case of Perrier water. True, Perrier is a tad overpriced compared to other sparkling water brands. Still, I just felt I had to do something to make a statement in defiance of these demonstrators. And Copal One writes, all of those protesters are advocating for Sharia law, point final. And that was the ultimate perverse irony of this protest, my friend. The people here were essentially using Western freedoms, such as freedom of speech, freedom of expression, and freedom of assembly, to essentially call for regulations to be put in place to severely limit or even eradicate those freedoms. Yep, just when you thought 2020 couldn't possibly get any weirder. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.